0: The Lamb who is slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Amen. My dear friends in Christ, things were going really well, almost too well. The Holy Spirit created faith in thousands through the preaching of the Word, 3,000 on the day of Pentecost. People were attracted to the love and the unity of this new religion, which people called The Way. Their interest brought them into contact with the apostles' teaching, and literally thousands more became part of the church in those early years. But then all of a sudden, there were some growing pains. The apostles were being run ragged with the work that comes from saving souls. And that's when we meet a man named Stephen for the first time on the pages of the Bible. He was one of seven men who were chosen to take care of the needs of the poor and the needy while the apostles continued to do that job of preaching. Stephen, we are told, was a man who was full of faith and the Holy Spirit, and that he did more wonders uh, than, than many others. And the Bible also says that Stephen, full of grace and power, was doing these great and marvelous signs among the people. He wasn't limited to simply taking care of the poor and needy. All of us are well aware that wherever there is success and prosperity, the naysayers and the enemies are always really close behind. And the spiritual leaders of the Jews saw these loyalists to this Jesus of Nazareth and his wonderful message of forgiveness as a growing threat to their power. And it was time for them to do something about it. There are times when followers of Jesus are called on to take a stand for their savior. And Stephen was given that opportunity and that privilege when a group of liars invented a whole bunch of stories about how he was blaspheming God and, and he was hauled before the court. And he gives us a marvelous testimony that you find in Acts chapter 6 and chapter 7. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will teach us how to face the opposition of those who stand against Jesus as we hear the message of Stephen today. What do you do when you face opposition? When somebody denies Christ in front of you well, from Stephen we learn how to share the good news of God's grace. See, Stephen, you see, he reviewed 1,500 years of God's grace to his people. When you go back and you read this whole um, exciting account of, 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 of Stephen, you, you find out that, that the only thing that was important was to be able to talk about the goodness and the grace of God. And he started with the story of Abraham and talked about how he is the father of the nation and more than that, he is the father of believers. That the promises of God filled his heart with, with, with faith to believe the most impossible of things. That he, a man who was going to be 100 years old, was going to be able to have a child even though his body was as good as dead. And even more amazing than that, but through his family, through his his offspring, the Savior of the world was going to be born. And then he reminded those people who put him on trial about the story of Joseph, about how he led him through, how how the Lord led him through many trials and troubles during his lifetime, but yet lifted him up according to his promises, uh, to, to be a leader of God's people and to, and, and, and to be, in a sense, a type of Christ who would deliver his people from all, from all evil. And then, and then he talked about Moses, about that man whom the Lord trained for 80 years so that he could deliver his people out of the land of Egypt for the next 40 years. He talked about the grace of God that allowed Moses to speak face to face with God and to see a reflection of his glory. And then he talked a little bit about how the Lord appeared to his his people in a gracious way at first the tabernacle and then later on at the temple And there they learned how millions of animals and untold billions of gallons of blood shed on those those altars in front of the tabernacle, in front of the temple, were simply a shadow of his grace. And that Jesus, the perfect Lamb of God, would finally come and shed his blood once and for all Blood that would cover the sins of the world. Blood sprinkled on the altar of God that would pay the full penalty of all of our sins. When Stephen had an opportunity, he talked about grace. Because God is a God of grace. He talked about everything he did for God's people. And that includes you and me today. How it was all motivated by his grace and his love for us. Our rescue from our enemies, including that that greatest enemy of death, is purely an act of undeserved kindness. And when he he spoke this message, it, it flew in the face of everything that those religious leaders stood for. Their religion of works was exposed for the damnable lie that it really is. His testimony said that they had been proclaiming a message that was empty, that could offer no hope and no comfort and no joy to look forward to the life to come. This man of God who we're told was full of faith and the Holy Spirit who was filled with grace and power, was showing the love of his Savior to these people by calling them to repentance, by urging them to turn away from their religion of law, of things of doing, and turn to that Savior who had died for them. But Stephen also understood their hearts. And so he says, you stiff-necked people, with uncircumcised hearts and ears. You always resist the Holy Spirit. You are doing just what your fathers did. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? They killed those who prophesied the coming of the righteous one, and now you have become his betrayers and his murderers. You know, sometimes, followers of Jesus have to take a stand for their savior. The Bible says that Satan has blinded the hearts and the eyes of all humanity. So for you and me to say that Jesus is the only way to heaven is to offend those who believe that God has revealed himself by many different names And in in many different religions. They're offended by the idea that there's only one way to go to heaven. But to say it is to call people to repentance. To say that God has given us ten commandments. Rather than ten suggestions. Angers those who want to find happiness in their own sinful lifestyles and their own way of doing things that don't follow the word and will of God. To say that God loves all and has forgiven all, has forgiven those whose hearts are filled with hatred for those who they think deserve punishment and not grace. To say that you are not able to save yourself turns those off who think that they can build their own tower of works to reach God in heaven. Yet each of those messages that that we, we share when we take a stand for our Savior, it's a call to repentance. It's a call to turn back to Jesus. We know that we are up against that stiff-necked people because we all have that stiff-necked nature ourselves and we know that. We know how to love our sin and we know how to make excuses for our sins whether it is things we dwell on with our mind or the unloving things we say or the selfish acts that we commit. We know how to feed our own pride and lust, and greed, and our own lovelessness. It is from these things that we know that Jesus set us free by his power in the word and the sacrament. And we know that, that, that we have to take a stand for Jesus because, because we don't want our family or our friends, our neighbors, to be lost forever to the God's grace and love. Do you remember that old phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me? When we face opposition for our stand with Jesus, we really need to remember that. The words aren't slung at us. The words are slung at our Savior. Here's what he he told his disciples he tells us. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me first. But if, but if you were of the world, the world would love its own. However, because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of it, for that reason the world hates you. Remember the saying I told you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you too. If they held on to my word, they would hold on to yours as well. But they will do all these things to you on account of my name because they do not know the one who sent me. If I had not come and spoken my, uh, of, of my name uh, because they do not know the one who if I had not come and spoken to them, they would have no sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. The one who hates me also hates my father. If I had not done the works among them that no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have seen and hated both me and my father. This was to fulfill the word which was written in their law. They hated me for no reason. When the counselor comes, whom I will send to you from the father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the father, he will testify about me. And you also are going to testify because you have been with me from the beginning and so we testify about that grace of our God how do we face that enemy we also remember to keep the vision of Christ before our eyes that's exactly what Stephen did Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed up into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Look, I see heaven opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. And while they were stoning him, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he fell to his knees and he cried out in a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And after he said this, he fell asleep. That's why St. Paul reminds us because you were raised with Christ seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God set your mind on all things above not on earthly things for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God and when Christ who is your life appears you also will appear with him in glory. Shabazz Bhatti had a brother who lost his life because he confessed his faith in Jesus while he was living in Pakistan. It's not easy being a Christian in Pakistan. So Shabazz went to that country, and for the last years of his life, he defended the rights of Christians in a government office for the, in, in that predominantly Muslim country. But in 20, when 2000, 2011, he was sprayed with a fury of bullets from people who convicted him of blasphemy against Allah. Or what about in 2016 when Father Jacques Hamel had his throat slit while conducting Mass at his church on a Sunday morning by a bunch of religious zealots Who came into the place and took his life. They are two of just thousands of Christians who die each year confessing their faith. They are just two of thousands of people who experience what Stephen experienced. Because they proclaimed the dying and the rising Christ. Their lives here were ended quickly and they enjoy their eternity right now. Stephen looked up and he saw Jesus standing at the throne of God. We usually say he sits at the right hand of God. Was it because Jesus was standing because he was waiting because in a few moments that that Stephen would be entering heaven and he wanted to be there greeting him? How can we wish evil on those for whom Jesus died? Stephen didn't. He prayed for them right to the very end. When you and I keep the vision of Jesus before our eyes, we see hands reaching out to us, glorified and risen, hands, living hands that bear the marks of his great love for us and for all people. And we hear him speak that beautiful message that's found in our word, that you are, for, you are justified, you are forgiven, you are not guilty. We see those hands reach out to us to help us as we suffer in our life and suffer for the sake of the gospel. We taste that love in his body and blood that he freely gives us in and with and under that bread and wine. We see him sitting at the right hand of God, directing our steps and the steps of every member of his family on earth so that the journey ends around the throne with all who died for their faith and all who die in the faith. A teacher once asked her students, how do you get to heaven? And one of them answered, you gotta die. Stones not words, killed Stephen. The Lord may or may not ask that of us, but what matters is that we take a stand in the face of opposition. He has equipped us by filling us with the good news of his grace, and he has planted a beautiful vision of our Savior before our eyes, and he, 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 he reminds us that he's waiting for us to come and join him. As the writer to the Hebrews said, carefully considered him who endured such hostility against himself from sinful people so that you do not grow weary and lose heart. Because we know that the opposition will never win with Christ. We always will. Amen.